0: Here is Lenore Zan, a.k.a. Rogue. It's Cal Dodd here, voice of Wolverine from X-Men, the animated series, Bub. I want you to join me at the Uncanny Experience, the ultimate destination for X-Men fans just like you. Where you will become a mutant student at Xavier's. And be able to explore the school campus, shop the vendor hall, and meet the creators and stars
1: of the X-Men universe. There'll be panels, parties... Immersive
0: activities all throughout the historic mansion. Whether you're a fan of the comics or the movies or the animated series, you'll find something to love. This is Chris Claremont. I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the Uncanny Experience. It's going to be one hell of a ride, Bob. I bet it will be uncanny.
1: Get your tickets now, sugar, at the UncannyExperience.com. Bam <laughs> bam you are now in session with the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. I'm Lisa Gullickson. I'm Brad
0: Gullickson. And
1: each month we evaluate a different iconic romance within the four color realm. In this episode, we are scribbling in our thought diaries and placing our plump, perfideral piggies into the lap of the gods in our creator corner with former Great British Bake Off contestant Kim Joy talking about her new graphic novel, Turtle Bread, soon to be released by Dark Horse Comics.
0: This past week has been pretty major for comic book couples counseling. That
1: it has.
0: We actually voted on the Eisner nominations. We
1: did, and then we put stickers on each other. They didn't give us stickers. But wouldn't that have been fun? It was
0: an online ballot, but I treated it like we were in person at the San Diego Comic-Con putting in the little Scantron sheet.
1: Yeah, we we sat in separate rooms, we <laughs> shut the door.
0: We invited our neighbor in to monitor the security of the ballots.
1: <laughs> That's right. Uh,
0: thanks, Bill. Uh, and yeah, I mean, but like, joking aside, it, it does feel like a major moment for both of us to have the opportunity to vote on, you know, what everyone calls the Academy Awards of comics.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially, like, we've been joking for years, that our Stampies are like, you know, just our personal opinion and though we love those books, like, you know, it's just like our little private award, but now we're voting on a real award.
0: (laughs) I think you could probably figure out who we voted on in the Eisners if you went back and listened to our Stampies episodes. Yeah. I'm happy to report that we did see eye to eye in several of those categories. Isn't
1: that fun? Yeah. And now they can use the Stampies in Las Vegas when they're doing that like what are the odds?
0: Sure. Yes, Lisa, absolutely. <laughs> it also does kick off the summer season for us, the convention season, the Comic-Con season. Yeah,
1: it makes it extra festive actually. This
0: Friday, we are actually going to be at Awesome Con at the Washington DC Convention Center and we will have a panel at 645 in room 20 something, I think it's 209, but don't hold me to that. Uh, Click on the link in the show notes to figure out exactly what room we're in.
1: Dude, I would be so flattered if you guys came to watch our panel. And Uh, it's not really our panel. We're on it, though.
0: We have already received certain listeners giving me the confirmation that they will be there. So we are going to have some friends in the audience. Yay! The panel is writing comics with purpose, and we are doing it with Kevin Panetta, author of Bloom, which longtime comic book couples counseling listeners know is one of our favorite comics ever.
1: And it kicked off this voracious appetite of mine for comics about baking. Yeah,
0: and I think what we're going to do with that panel, which we've done in the past with our friend Liz Reed of Cuddles and Rage. Unfortunately, she can't make it this year.
1: But we can put the link to her episode in the show notes. We
0: could do that. Uh, What we've done in the past is, you know, kind of uh, scrabble and uh, fight our way into the conversation because we're not really comics creators ourselves. We're comics fans. And sometimes when we're asked to talk about writing comics with purpose, that seems silly because we don't actually write comics with purpose. Yeah,
1: we write about comics with purpose. So
0: now we can treat this panel as something different than what we've done in the past. We're basically gonna use this as an opportunity to like showcase our Creator Corner skills in live action.
1: Yeah, and then it's a way of tricking our friend Kevin into doing an interview with us because we have not yet had him on the podcast, which is a crime. I think I've come on a little hot to Kevin because I love (laughs) Bloom so much and I've made it to the point where I've made it awkward. like I'm like a goofy, cow-eyed fan.
0: It's funny, Lisa, because I was actually having a conversation with Kevin the other day and we were talking about his new comic that he has coming out called Slime Shop that he made in collaboration with the slime queen, Karina Garcia, Mm -hmm. and he was saying, you know, I think I actually kind of fell backward into being Lisa's all-time favorite comic creator because you love slime stuff so much. You've discovered a newfound love for slime.
1: I loved slime before <laughs> I knew Kevin was writing about slime. Don't let the slime go to your head, Kevin. But
0: he made this slime comic. He made Bloom, and they're so in your wheelhouse. He's just like snuck in there.
1: I know, I know, and it's awkward for the both of us.
0: And that's why listeners should come to Awesome Con on Friday at 645. It is in room 209. Ooh. I looked it up and see Lisa be awkward with Kevin as we talk about writing comics with purpose.
1: Yeah, compelling.
0: But if you cannot make Awesome Con, you're not willing to get on a plane and travel to Washington, D.C. That's okay. Comic book couples counseling could be coming to a town near you. We will be next month at San Diego Comic-Con. We're gonna actually try to attend the Eisners for the first time since we voted
1: in them. Should I wear a gown?
0: I think so, I'll have one of those t-shirt tuxes. (laughs) And then after that, we will be at New York Comic-Con. That's right. We just got press approval for that. That'll Mm -hmm. be our second New York Comic-Con, really excited about that. We're still planning on going to the Fantastic Fest Film Festival in Austin, Texas. Yeah. We're definitely going to the Lost Weekend Film Festival in Winchester, Virginia. Lisa, I hear you're doing the poster for them.
1: I am. I'm doing the little like art for the for the festival, and I think it's turning out pretty cute. Yeah,
0: it's super cute. Lisa's been working on it for like the last 48 hours straight, torturing herself, beating herself up, telling herself that she can't do it, and then absolutely <laughs> doing it.
1: I can't drop people so good.
0: You did great.
1: Thank you. And if you're not going
0: to be at any of those shows, obviously we're going to be right here on Comic Book Couples Counseling, the podcast, but we're also going to be guesting on a couple podcasts in the very near future. We are going to be on the Comic Book Keepers episode discussing Beta Ray Bill, Mm -hmm. and we are going to be on the amazing Spider Talk, revisiting the romance between Peter Parker and Mary Jane with Mark and Dan Very excited to have that conversation. We actually haven't recorded that one yet. So we're a little nervous, but also very excited to do so.
1: I just have to remind myself not to compare and despair, my Spider-Man, Mary Jane knowledge versus Dan Gavazdan. <laughs> well,
0: first off, uh, you know, Dan and Mark have us beat in regards <laughs> to Spider-Man and Mary Jane knowledge. There's no beating them.
1: I am deferring to their expertise.
0: We can only bring our perspective to it. And it's been so long since we've discussed Peter and Mary Jane in those four episodes using the Myers-Briggs, um, what do you call that? The type
1: Myers- indicator. The
0: type indicator. Like, I'm, I'm curious to see if my feelings about them as a couple remain the way that they did back then. And I'm gonna probably have to go back and listen to those old episodes. I'm
1: definitely going to. Yeah,
0: that's gonna be good preparation. So yeah, it's the summer of comic book couples counseling. Come find us.
1: For some people, it's a hot girl summer. For us, it's a big dork summer. We're (laughs) dorking all over the place.
0: In every sense of the word dorking.
1: Not every sense.
0: Every sense.
1: Every single sense.
0: Every single sense. Okay. And with that clarification out of the way, I think we need to get to the body of this conversation, uh, which is a conversation with writer and former Great British Bake Off contestant, Kim Joy. Friends, I need you to know how nervous Lisa was before we got on the Zoom with Kim Joy.
1: I was beside myself nervous for several reasons. Number one, I love the Great British Bake Off. So much. I like it too. I briefly had a Great British Bake Off blog called the Bake Dork blog where I was remaking technical bakes of the Great British Bake Off and I had and I enjoyed that blog so much. I
0: ate so many scones during that time.
1: We both did. And <laughs> then I had like some kind of crisis where I'm like should I go vegan and then I stopped <laughs> baking so much and I haven't fully gone vegan but I have baked a lot less and I let that blog go to the wayside. But, B- but can, my heart is return, still in it. It could return. Anything could happen and I Faithfully watch and re-watch every season of Great British Bake Off on Netflix. They've actually taken Kim Joy's season, series nine, off of Netflix. It makes me so angry. How
0: dare they? I
1: feel entitled to all of the Great British Bake Offs.
0: All the time.
1: hmm Except and, for the kids. I don't like kids.
0: You were... <laughs>
1: I do watch those seasons, but yeah, I don't I was rewatch say, them. You
0: do watch them. <laughs> uh, you did get a chance to review Turtle Bread right before Comixology put it out. And That's right. That, which is rev- reason
1: number two okay, of you, why I was nervous. Okay, sorry, because I had keep written going. that review for Comic Beat, and I love that book. I right. identify with it so much. And um, and so I really wanted to deliver a really amazing interview to go with my glowing review.
0: Yeah, and you know, sometimes we warn our listeners, like friends, we come in really hot with this conversation. Yeah. And I think we could issue that warning now. That being said, I also think you did, all things considered, keep it pretty level-headed.
1: <laughs> I tried. And so reason number three I was nervous is because I know that Kim Joy has social anxiety and a lot of that experience went into turtle bread. I too have social anxiety. And so when you take two people who are people pleasers (laughs) with social anxiety and you put them in a Zoom room together, Things get revved up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know like you know I might have to do like a little extra editing of this conversation.
1: (laughs) It's spastic. It takes
0: a little while for us to get into the rhythm of knowing who we are and what have you. But I also feel like we've just built it up as this really awkward thing, and it's not that at all. It's it's just uh, we're just giving you a sense of the tension, the that anxious energy that was there at the beginning of the conversation. It's
1: like friendship tension. Yeah. Like I I want I want to take our relationship to the next level, Kim Joy. And
0: I think we get to some really honest and genuine places with this conversation. And Turtle Bread is a book that for me I found incredibly helpful as a guide for better understanding you, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Like I saw so much of you in Turtle Bread, and that made me fall in love with Turtle Bread once I read it after you read it and you wrote that glowing review on Comic Speed.
1: So a brief plot synopsis off the dome. Jan is a baking enthusiast who is suffering from social anxiety, but she's in a place where she really wants to encourage herself to get out there and meet some people with similar interests to her. So she finds a flyer for a baking club. She goes to the baking club for the first time. She meets B. B is like kind of the motherly figure who runs the baking club. And it's such a warm and wonderful environment. But at the same time, as a person with social anxiety, what you end up doing is you start hyper fixating on every little tiny social interaction, and then you go home, and you obsess about it, and you write about it in your thought diary, and then it makes going back for the second time even harder. So what Turtle Bread is about is about Jan coming out of her shell and really challenging herself to be part of this baking club.
0: Yeah, and I would just add to that, Lisa, the notion that social anxiety is not a detriment, but can actually be a benefit to your life. Yeah. And I love that, and I think that it speaks directly to what we discuss every week on Comic Book Couples Counseling. And yeah, so like this is one of those books that comes around where I would take it, I would buy it, And then I would put it on the comic book couples counseling shelf. Like this speaks directly to what we are attempting to explore every week on this podcast.
1: It's really fascinating to me, actually, to get your reflection on the book because I read Turtle Bread and I have this deep resonance with it because you don't really have it.
0: No, I don't have it at all. I feel great out in the world. (laughs) Nothing ever bothers me. That's not true, but... I don't have anxiety to the degree that Lisa does.
1: Yeah, like just to to have an example, when Brad and I go out and socialize and then come home, I have to do like a rundown of everything I said, (laughs) every person who reacted to me, and does Brad think that it's okay? Right, you know, right. like, did that? Did I embarrass anyone? Did I say too much? Did I say too little? And then, was I too weird? Was I not weird enough?
0: <laughs> <laughs> In my case, I come home, I put my head on the pillow, and i he I'm falls asleep. right to sleep. And
1: it astounds me, where it's just like, evening hangs are the hardest, because that means I'm not gonna get any sleep. And neither does <laughs> Jan, and I have a feeling, neither does Kim Joy. <laughs> and so, but it was interesting talking to you about it, because you are very much from the outside of the experience experience and so to just watch that kind of connection click for you it just it was really gratifying to yeah
0: me. I mean and again like I just feel like this book helped me better understand you and your perspective and what a freakish gift that is and something I was not expecting when I turned the pages or actually I read it digitally because it's on Comixology right now when I was flipping through my iPad like it was just not what I was anticipating. I was anticipating a very cute book about baking Mm -hmm. and relationships, and it's all that. But also, it's a bridge for me to understand my wife more. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, thank you, Kim Joy, and artist Ulti Ferman Shia, because this is, you know, everything I needed and I didn't know.
1: And for other bake dorks, there are detailed actual recipes in the book that you can make at home, and there are super soothing baking scenes.
0: If the book had only done that, it would have been one of your favorite comics. It would have been 10 out
1: of 10. But the fact that it's a book about me that makes it an 11 out of 10. I'm so, very self-centered.
0: the comic is currently available through Comicsology. It will be published physically from Dark Horse Comics on October 4th of this year. And so you're gonna
1: want the physical copy for spooning.
0: You will, but I also think you should just go ahead and get the book now. It reads extremely well digitally. That's not always the case with comics, mm-hmm. but this one fits perfectly in my iPad, it fills out all the spaces, <laughs> and I had a great time with it. And this is a comic that Lisa and I are trying to get more people to discover. And, you know. I want book two. Yeah, let's make that happen. Uh, now, before we get into our conversation with Kim Joy, we need to do some words of affirmation. No, 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 no. For our first time listeners, the words of affirmation are our way to give back to our new and upgrading Patreon subscribers, and we had a bunch of new subscribers this week, thanks to our super secret filmmaking conversation with a Across the Spider-Verse participant. I'm not gonna say Ooh. how they participated in Across the Spider-Verse, but they did in a major way. Uh, we curate and use these ourselves, and we're more than happy to pass the affirmations onto you, the listeners. These quotes are adapted from Happier Humans, 30 travel affirmations to experience an amazing journey, done in the spirit of summer vacation and Comic-Con season. I love it.
1: So I hope you all enjoy the- this extended version of Words of Affirmation, but let us first start with a deep and soothing breath. (sighs) Thomas Aitken. You find joy in exploring new places.
0: Ryan Parker. You are grateful for your safe journey.
1: Donna Reinholdt. You are open to new adventures.
0: KG Ming. Positive energy surrounds you wherever you go.
1: Brandon S. You are open to making new friends on the road.
0: Captain Hangry. You are creating a life of adventure.
1: Hmm, I love that.
0: Since we had so many, I kept them short, but I do like them and I do like the spirit of having to get affirmations to rev yourself up to go on a travel. Yeah, and you know. Go on a travel, that's how you speak? If
1: you're not going on a travel, (laughs) if you're doing a staying at home, like it's a metaphor too. So you can be like, okay, life is a journey.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, but I know you, Lisa, Yeah, you, uh, I don't know. I have remember, a lot
1: of social anxiety. Yeah,
0: remember how we were talking about that at the beginning of this episode? Uh, <laughs>
1: Traveling and, is horrible for me. Right,
0: right, right, and so I think we could work in travel affirmations into our process of, Bef- of traveling. Cause right? right
1: now our process is Lisa grumbles and Brad drags. <laughs>
0: and here's some medication.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's also helpful judgment free. Uh,
0: but there you go. Those are our affirmations to our lovely, beautiful new patrons. We thank them so much. Of course we don't expect everyone listening to join our Patreon. We understand that it might not f- be financially feasible for everybody. And there are other ways that you can support comic book couples counseling. One you're doing it right now, listening to the show. Two, you can share the show with a friend, with a stranger. Three, you can write a five-star review on Apple iTunes. We
1: love that. Yeah, Apple
0: Podcasts, it's Apple Podcasts now. Do we call it iTunes? I don't know, I can never keep track.
1: We're we're retro. <laughs>
0: we're retro.
1: Brad is Gen X. Yeah.
0: But now is the time to join Patreon, though. Back to Patreon and plug in Patreon because we are about to wrap up our Sleepwalking Through Sandman series. We are on the final arc of Sandman, just six issues to go. Our last Patreon episode was on Sleepwalking Through Sandman, yes, issue 69.
1: Uh-huh. Up top. Up top? Um, We made so many errors in that episode. But that's why we have our
0: patrons, <laughs> right? We're first-time readers of Sandman. We don't know what the heck is going on. Our patrons also have the opportunity to steer the conversation with their comments because we always read the comments in those episodes, and it takes us in directions that we never would have taken the episode if we were just doing it on our own. It's so. really
1: special yeah
0: yeah yeah and we're really proud of spending two years reading sandman one issue at a time one episode at a time
1: we would love it if you joined us for our last stretch of our sandman journey but if you don't that's okay too we love seeing you here
0: you're here for kim joy so let's get to kim joy right now kim joy welcome to comic book couples counseling hello
2: Hello, thanks for having me.
0: Oh, it is our absolute pleasure. We are very uh, nervous and feeling very geeky today. We've been uh- fans of yours for a while, and we're so stoked. That you have brought turtle bread into the world of comics, so thank you for that. Ah. Do you think that you have built up a skill regarding vulnerability, having put yourself out into the spotlight in several ways now?
2: Yeah, that is a good point. I think definitely through repeatedly uh, being vulnerable with sort of similar experiences, that does build up your strength. You know, your not you know your ability like be a, be like okay I can do this I've done this before I can do mm-hmm. it again and I try and close down that part of my brain that's like full of all the negative like the doubts and everything it's hard to shut down but then you just gotta like try not think about it um but I'm always so proud and I think that's the that's why I, I really wanted that message to come through in Turtle Bread because Every time I do something where I feel vulnerable, but I do it anyway. And even if it's not even gone very well, (laughs) because sometimes things don't, you know? Like I let go and it's like, oh, it wasn't the best. But do you know what? I gave it a go and I tried it. And that's a really good thing. And a lot of that message I wanted to come through um, in Turtle Bread.
1: I'm a person who deals with social anxiety and I, I recognize a lot of myself in Turtle Bread. And, and I know that you put a lot of yourself into turtle bread. The way that I overcame my social anxiety, it's still there is I just kind of went like, I want to be the kind of person who can do this, who can go to a party and then go to a film festival and then do a podcast. I just like made the decision of, I admire that person. And like, that's why I love Jan's relationship with B so much because she sees B and she sees a person where she goes like, I really admire this individual. Like where was the inspiration for the relationship between Jan and B?
2: Yeah, first of all, I love that. I don't always talk to a lot of people who also have social anxiety or can relate to it, you know. So that's, that's really amazing. Well, not, not a good thing. Obviously. It's not. An amazing
0: <laughs> thing. But when I read it, I would hit panels and I go, oh, that's Lisa. <laughs>
1: yeah. Like, uh, you know, and it, like, he's the guy who can go out for the night and then come home and go right to bed. Like where oh. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> like, like covers to my chin, like oh. thinking about the whole night. And he's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs>
2: Oh, get that because my partner I think is always like this you get one person what in a relationship there's always the other person's not socially anxious and um my partner Nabil's the same like after a social situation he knows that I'm gonna need to talk through everything mm-hmm. for like hours afterwards but he'll just be like I'm really tired I just need to go to sleep <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> we see social anxiety represented so much in media and like you presented something that was very literally true to me. Like that, that uh, felt right. And so did you go into this book of going like, I, I want to kind of myth bust these things about social anxiety and really come from a place of educating?
2: Yeah, definitely. I have a lot of people, um, you know, when people talk about social anxiety, it's kind of mixed up with shyness a little bit as if it's kind of like a personality trait. But actually it's really interesting because... I would say it's a very different thing. It's not even that shyness is a milder form of social anxiety. It's more that, you know, shyness is more of a personality trait, I guess. It's weird because I'd say my partner, Nabil, is actually shy and I'm not because I'll talk to new people. I'll just be like, hello, blah, blah, blah. But then afterwards I'll be like, oh, where do I go from here? And then I'll like overthink the situation. Whereas he'll just be like a bit more nervous of new people. And, you know, he is shy really in many situations. Um, so I wanted to kind of express with social anxiety, it's not even just the anxiety you have in the moment, it's beforehand, it's the ruminating afterwards and going through everything it's the interlink- interlinking with low self-esteem which generally always goes hands in hand with social anxiety and those kind of negative core self-beliefs. Um, so I wanted to really like go properly in there with it so it's like and it's the perfect medium for that as well so you don't just see you know the outside you also see what's going on internally and it's such a debilitating thing like you were saying also, Sim, I wanted to get across how we kind of, you know, you get moments where you're like, why am I going to try to do this? And it's like afterwards, you're like, oh, no, where did I do that? And um, but, yeah, it can be super debilitating. And I it was very much so for me. I had very, very severe social anxiety. Um, and it's really interesting. <laughs> the interesting thing I've kind of gone into <laughs> where it's like, yeah, I for a TV show. But I think it's because social anxiety, gets so used to everything's so terrifying that you're doing that you kind of like, well, okay, <laughs> you just keep you kind of get used to doing more terrifying things. Um, but yeah, I wanted to express how just even those small things are scary, like thinking that it's really interesting. I wanted to convey, I've always had this issue, it's like with social anxiety because you don't express enough of yourself, because essentially it's like, you're so worried about other people's evaluations of how you come across that you then start overthinking that again to another layer and thinking, you know, actually now I'm not expressing myself enough. They're going to think I'm really boring. They're going to think I'm really uninteresting. And I used to, I think more so before Bake Off. And in a way, being on Bake Off really helped me because some people are like, oh, actually, and you kind of, you know, people react differently to you I suppose beforehand it's like I remember I've I've struggled in so many job interviews as well similar to Jan and um just like experiences in work where people don't quite get you because they think Mm -hmm. you're almost like serious because you treat you as a really serious person because you're not really vibing with them Mm -hmm. Um, and that just wanted to get that feeling of how is really isolating
1: yeah. yeah yeah I like I'm a singer like that's what I went to school for and so sometimes I just feel like I can't get to know someone until they've heard me sing you know like, uh, i have the capability like so is that where the baking comes from where you go you, you can present this thing of like look here's a physical manifestation of my worthiness and my <laughs> appreciation of you <laughs>
2: you know what that's a really interesting point and maybe that is a lot of it of baking. I've always said baking is great because it's a way to it's a way to make people like you. You like yeah. just, <laughs> oh you like me now yay and it's a good like you know but that's it. Maybe it's also because it's a little bit of you and almost a way to not stop not like a sneaky way to get around being vulnerable but almost like a part of you that's trying to open up mm-hmm. and a part mm-hmm. of you that's this is my way through like a, a bake, you know, that you're wanting to make connections and it's a way to express, I want to make a connection with you um, and I like you without going, you know, I don't know. Without a opening- uh,
1: specific and very formal invitation to friendship, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to be my friend? Check yes or no. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love yeah. where you started, Jan's journey. Where she had already been to the therapist and she had already had her thought diary. Like was, her pulling <laughs> out the thought diary, like took me right back to high school, where you like, you know, it was such a huge hurdle for me to start going to therapy. And then, you know, I'd only seen it on TV and find out oh, there's homework. <laughs> like,
2: what um, is this? <laughs> well, but, yeah, just talk to you, and then it'd be okay. <laughs> like she was in this place
1: where she recognized. And she was on the process of like, already starting to like, I'm here to make a change, you yeah. know, I, like, so like, how did you decide exactly where to start?
2: Hmm. Um, I think it's interesting because I was actually, initially with the book, I was gonna start way earlier mm-hmm. and kind mm. of start from when she was a lot younger, but I was chatting to my editor, Felix, and he said, you know, let's do it. So we're more just starting in it and then we can like intersperse you know sort of flashbacks of beforehand so i think working with felix really helped me pinpoint where and then when i spoke to him i was like oh yeah that makes total sense um cuz it kind of introduces all the different um you know it, i felt like it was a really good starting point from there i can't remember exactly why we started with just yeah walking back from the interview and then sitting at the bus stop and But with the um, uh, the Thought Dyer and everything, it's because I actually used to work in mental health myself, which I think is quite common for a lot of people experiencing, you know, mental health issues in any form where you kind of want to understand yourself. um, And by doing that, helping other people helps that. It builds your confidence, which is another theme in Turtle Bread through like helping other people is like a way to actually you find your strength in that. I also had the experience, though, of when I was younger and prior to that, um, going to see somebody and getting a form like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at it thinking, well, this basically is just saying I need to just do more social things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's kind of what I put into Jan's story where she was, you know, just like, actually, I'm just going to do baking club.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, I think that that's like a very social anxiety thing where it's just like, "Okay, I want a thing where we have a, you know, prescribed activity and like, like you, you met your partner at a, at a board game club. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So Brad and I have run multiple book clubs. We Uh. like, like we wanted these two people to be our best friends. So we started a podcast. You know what I mean? We like, it's just like, okay, I want a hard out, you know what I mean? And I want a, a, uh, a um specific <laughs> the conversation topic it's decided ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, just oh, such absolutely.
2: control freakness. You two are like me and my partner Nabil we like, mm-hmm. I fail.
0: <laughs> I want to go back to something you were talking about regarding connection and through baking and mm-hmm. you know giving a piece of yourself to somebody and connecting through the club. And we we skipped over the intergenerational yes. uh, relationship Jeez. between B and Jan. Uh, and, oh yeah. And how B that. is yeah. sees so much of herself in Jan. And that is kind of a revelation to Jan that that B could see yeah. Jan in her.
1: And Jan found yeah. her to be so exuberant that it was like not relatable.
0: And we her. get so few intergenerational relationships in not yeah. just comics, like in meat in, in art, period. So I would love to know what how that coupling of B and Jan came to be.
2: Yeah, so I was very inspired by. Um, it's a film called *Mary and Max*. I don't know if you've ever mm. if you've seen it or heard of it, um, but it's a claymation, um, and it's all based. It's all it's quite like a dark, dark humor, but a similar kind of vibe, and it's an intergenerational friendship between um, two people. Um, so that uh, it's like one of my It's probably my favorite film. So I knew that I wanted that. And I also feel like older women just don't get represented in things. Mm. And I wanted that. I wanted to show like the wisdom and uh, all the like experiences and how somebody, you know, it's, it's weird also, I think with social anxiety, you can also relate and feel more comforted by people when they're a lot older and it made sense in my head that you know B would feel I mean Jan would feel comfortable with B, um being that she presents herself outwardly as yeah exuberant and like whatever you know when you're around people like that you feel comforted by it because you don't feel judged by them like is a very like a character where you don't feel like she judges you you feel safe with her um so yeah, that's how it came came about.
1: But what I found beautiful about the revelation about B in dealing with her social anxiety, Yan was only thinking of other people through the prism yeah. of how they saw her. Yeah. Yeah. And once she actually started actively looking for B, that's what like the second she looked outside of herself, all of a sudden people are relaying. Their actual life problems to her.
2: Especially with social anxiety, you know, you are thinking about other people, but it's so uh, all consuming with severe social anxiety that everyone is looking at you and everyone is judging you, and everyone else must be, you know, everything else must be so much better with them. And, you know, you don't think about the, the, their potential vulnerabilities not that you don't think about it Mm -hmm. because you still you know it's just that you're not searching for it unless it comes to you and then you're super empathetic about it um so I think that was the trigger point and I wanted to explore that kind of how um you know we talked before about trying to break the myths of social anxiety and I wanted to show how uh how very in your head you can be and you're seeing everything about for the you're assuming other people making certain judgments about you, and I wanted to make it a point where Yan like feels a power and she's like, Actually, I'm strong and I can do this and I can help other people. And there's like a bit on the train when she's going to CB, and there's a like a mum on the train who's struggling, and she's like, Actually, I can help them, you know, and she's just feeling like actually she's not what's the word like I think it's feeling that you're a bit helpless Mm, and alone and she starts feeling more connected and she can like help
1: my favorite detail that you included is that Yan has something of a like a like a relapse where she has to like where like I feel like most banking manga type stories would stop you know, at a certain point where you go like, she's got a job and she's got a (laughs) boyfriend and clearly the story is over. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, um, that success moment is like so brief and yet so specific. Like, did you want to, did you want to include that sort of dip?
2: Yeah, definitely. I've always, I knew from the beginning, I wanted to make sure that it's not Because I love reading things myself that are true to life and don't, they're not like happily, you know, happy, happy ending. You're like, but that's not realistic. Um, I wanted it to be realistic in that, you know, social anxiety is something that you can, you know, uh, you can uh, overcome to some extent, but it's something that always kind of stays with you and external triggers can cause a dip. Um, So I just wanted it to be real in that sense and um,
0: yeah one of the great pleasures of the comic is how it is not uh dialogue heavy and that so much yeah. story is told visually and that moment the success moment is like this series of wordless pages oh, and uh- altifirman's art has to communicate so much in that sequence that excitement that joy <laughs> And then that kind of crash as well.
2: Ulti is amazing. Like as like her art is amazing and she is amazing. And I'm just, I'm really happy I got to work with her um, because I think it's interesting because I don't know, I've not actually met Ulti in person, mm. uh, but I can just tell from the way, you know, she's messaged me and stuff that she is similar to me and that she worries a lot about, what people think you know and she you know it was really important you know that I let her know how amazing her art was because I kept like letting her and she'll say sorry about things and I'm like what are you saying (laughs) sorry about that (laughs) things like that um yeah so it was really really good working with Ulti um I did uh structure so I like for that wordless section I said I want this to be I wasn't actually sure at the beginning how it would pan out Mm. and I was worried I was like I don't know if it's going to work or whether we need like a caption at the top saying you know the time because we didn't put the time frame I said you know to we need to put something to show that time's passing you know like different weather or we had this plant that grows in front of the front door to show the time passing but I left a lot of you know I had the structures and I because that really because she said she wanted um the structure because that really helps her um but then I also let her kind of go off in whatever she wanted to because it's really sweet she messaged me at the end saying she's always wanted to draw baking like she it. <laughs> yeah. um and she was just like so happy to do it um and really into it so she. A lot of times, like she was looking at my Instagram and looking at my bakes on there and like sneaking little bits in here. And whenever I looked at it, I'd go, oh, look, that's in there. So I gave her the structure, but then she could like do stuff within it.
0: As a fan of the medium, when I got to that point in the comic, it's so confident in its storytelling. Like I wanted to like high five somebody around me because you just don't uh... see sequences like that in any kind of comics. They're so rare. And it was so successful in its emotional storytelling and its visual storytelling, Uh which is like, oh, hell yeah, this is great.
2: Amazing. That's such good feedback to hear. Thank you.
1: I also love how all of her people look like people, but they're still very warm and cute and aspirational. Yeah, it still
2: embraces
0: cartooning. Yeah. 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 And
1: and I found Amit so hot. Like, why... Why is this totally handsome guy? I, I I understand that he has his struggles. but like, why is someone so good looking in the kitchen? He should be yeah. out in them streets, making making everyone happy.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jan, uh, yeah, yeah, that is true. Yeah.
1: Like hot people also, shouldn't have hobbies. That's like, that's no, what
2: They should just be like standing around being hot. And yeah. not, you
1: know. that should
2: take up all of the time. That
1: kind of good looks takes, should take effort. Yeah, it
2: should. That's funny. My friend um, Charlotte, after she read the comic, she was saying she, she wanted, uh, which I didn't even think at all about this whilst writing it. Um, but she said she wanted Jan and Zara to get together. Aww. Like she shipped Jan and Zara together.
1: <laughs> is this the kind of thing where you see future volumes? Are you like the story is done, you can take your imagination elsewhere? Or, or, or are you I want more is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I would love volume two.
2: Yeah, you know, at the time I didn't really think about it, but now I'm like, you know, when like my friend Charlotte said that about Jan and Zara, I was like, actually, there's more to it. There is more, I mean, there is, um, so with the characters, I really want, like all the other characters, I really wanted to explore more of them. And it's tricky with like the yeah. number, of the space that you've got. And I didn't want to like, I wanted Yan to be the central character. Um, but at the beginning, I wrote super detailed, like character sheets of all of them. I wish I could like find them and show you them. Um, but yeah, yeah I I them, them. like all the like, Family backgrounds and everything.
0: (laughs) Well, you can sense Um, it in the comic, right? You know, you leave so much unsaid. There is obviously story happening off of the page. And again, that like speaks to the confidence of the storytelling in Ah. Turtle Bread.
1: Ah, thank you, kids. So we know from our research, our deep Googling, that like you're not like a comic book person generally. Like through creating this book, have you found a new appreciation for the medium? Has has it made you want to explore a little more?
2: Yeah, it's really interesting because I've not, I've always been surrounded by comics and through, because I met my partner Nabil through playing board games. I was really into games and um, I've got a lot of friends who are into comics. So it's like, I've always loved the medium, but I've never quite like been able I don't know I think it's my like focus is like it's not quite there <laughs> like at the moment the only books I can read are like um thrillers that like make oh. you turn the page really quickly um but yeah I've always but I just I mostly I love I do actually love look like looking through them and just looking at the artwork um and I've always and I feel like I'm constantly surrounded by Creators and people making amazing stuff. So, yeah, I like it. Like visually, I'm like, oh, 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 look at that.
0: (laughs) Well, you've kind of created your own little brand, right? You know, you've got uh, obviously baking, uh, but you're also moving into now comics, and you have a a new card game with Skybound Entertainment.
2: Yeah, you're an industry.
1: (laughs) Did you know that about yourself? Going into Great British Bake Off you're going like this is how I present to the world you know people are going to see it and they're going to connect with it
2: no I and it sounds like something in height like now that I'm saying no I didn't know that it sounds like I'm being false or something but I genuinely um it's weird because when I applied for the bake-off I applied because um similar I guess the feeling kind of relates similar to Jan in Turtle Bread where you kind of have a little bit of a stable base around you and then that helps you push yourself and be more vulnerable. Like you can't just be vulnerable, I think, without having the right setup around you. Um, and so with Bake Off, there was a few years people tell me to apply and I was like, no way, no way. And it's because I didn't have, you know, the strength, you know, the things around me that I needed to take that step. Um, but then I met Nabil and I'd moved in with him and I had that safety you know that place to come back to where I felt safe um so that's similar and that that's when I applied to Bake Off and that's also similar to Intel Bread where Jan's got B which yeah. you know and she feels more secure and safer to actually be like I'm going to do this and go for these interviews and stuff so I went on the Bake Off and I did not think I was really terrified I spent the whole first episode crying for no reason but they didn't show that on camera because um I I was crying during my show stuffer and then they were asking me oh what are you crying about and I was like nothing yeah (laughs) I was just overwhelmed because sometimes that happens sometimes you just like cry for no reason do you get that
1: (laughs) yeah I do get that I 100% get that and i like and I like that you like you, you still did it like yeah. there's so much we can, like so much when you have social anxiety or you have any type of anxiety, it's shocking that we get anything done and we're just no. out there living.
0: And Jan has that no moment in Turtle it. Bread, yeah. like in the, when she enters into the baking club and she has that moment where she's crying and B comforts her. And that was the first moment when I was like, oh dang, that's Lisa.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah one of our very early dates was like, we had gone to like a bar with a bunch of, we worked at a bookstore together, the whole bookstore crew. And so went to the bar and then we went to a diner afterwards. And I, and I started having a panic attack from the bar to the diner. And so I was like at the diner, like, just like laying down, just paralyzed and you know, freaking out. And all of my friends are just eating pancakes around me. And like, or like the fact that Brad was like, I want to get with that. That, <laughs> that rag lying down on a dirty bench. Uh, just, that's my type of person.
0: <laughs> yeah. And my first experience with a panic attack. It was yeah. fascinating.
2: Yeah, <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. <laughs>
0: Well, Kim Joy, we are so excited that you're now in the world of comics and we We want you to stick around.
2: Ah, We'll stay.
0: (laughs) Thank you. you. Excellent. Uh, And so we encourage everyone to seek out Turtle Bread, it's currently available through Comixology uh it's a, a an exhilarating reading experience very relatable certainly to lisa and myself if our listeners want to find you online and continue this conversation with you uh is there somewhere they can go to uh, to to keep track of you
2: yeah um i'm on instagram and it's at kim joy and then i'm on tiktok which is at kim joy's kitchen and youtube as well is kim joy with a hyphen in it kim yeah hy-
0: Thank you, Kim Joy, for coming on Comic Book Couples Counseling.
2: Thank you so much, Brad
1: and Lisa. Thank you. Yay, this was a damn delight.
2: Yay.
0: And there you go, Kim Joy. Isn't she the coolest?
1: That was so delightful. And I love what she had to say about the difference between social anxiety and shyness. Because sometimes, like, I go, like, am I shy? I do have a lot of, like, before I meet someone... I'm terrified, but while I'm meeting them, I think I'm friendly, but then after meeting them, I'm terrified. So I always just kind of refer to myself as like, I'm loud shy, (laughs) where it's just like, I feel awful on the inside, but I'm really um, ebullient in person.
0: Can confirm that Mm -hmm. is true. I do want to encourage our listeners, if you did enjoy this conversation with Kim Joy, please seek out Turtle Bread as a digital, out now via Comixology, and then also pick it up in physical on October 4th. These are the types of stories that we wanna encourage publishers to keep on making.
1: And if you're not fully convinced yet, you can read my glowing review On Comics Beat, I really do. It's a very Lisa review where I talk a lot, somehow managed to talk a lot about myself in a review of someone else's book.
0: Yeah, link in the show notes. Give that a read, please. And yeah, that's going to do it for this week. On our next episode, next week, we are going to have another creator conversation, this one with. Gene Luin Yang talking about an American-born Chinese, and as massive fans of Dragon Hoops, you can bet we're gonna talk that too. Maybe even a little Superman sm- smashes the clan, but, We have a short amount of time with Jean and the focus is going to be an American born Chinese. This
1: one's not in the can yet. So the fact that we're promoting it now is dangerous. Dangerous,
0: dangerous. But I am confident that we will have that conversation tomorrow afternoon, Lisa.
1: I am so excited.
0: And if not, Our next episode is going to be the conclusion of our Mark and Eve counseling session, talking about the last two trade paperbacks of Invincible by Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley. I cannot believe we're done with Mark and Eve, Lisa
1: but not forever, we could always double back.
0: Uh, Maybe, maybe. This is the end of Invincible. I guess we could go back in time. But we had Robert Kirkman on this show telling us, no, if you're going to discuss their relationship, you have to discuss it at the end of the series. And that's what we're doing.
1: That is what we're doing. We don't want to anger the Kirkman. But if we do, we got to let him feel his feelings because (laughs) our self-help book for Mark and Eve is, of course, Permission to Feel by Dr. Mark Brackett.
0: And then what's our counseling session after that? Ooh, we're not going to tell you yet. We're not we going to tell you Because we haven't programmed
1: yet. it. Because we haven't really decided, right? Well, we have
0: decided, Lisa. Oh, we have? Remember, the publisher sent us that book oh, specifically yes! so that yes. we would do yes. a counseling session. Yes. It's the first time ever a publisher has sent us a book for us to use as the spine of a counseling session. And that's a huge honor.
1: It is a huge honor. And we're going to do a one pod stand on it.
0: Absolutely. So How exciting! Yeah, get excited. Get excited, friends.
1: Okay, Brad, I actually have something in the oven. A bun in the oven. A literal what? bun. Oh. Well, a metaphorical bun, Oof. I guess, because it's like this episode Oof. is kind of Pregnancy like the bun. scare. <laughs> yeah. Not fun. Um.
0: <laughs> Not that we've ever had those.
1: I am, I, I'm a gold star. Non breeder. Oh, okay.
0: I was like, I am a barren wasteland.
1: (laughs) I could be. We've never had it checked because I've never cared. Why check? Why maintain something you're not planning on using? I do maintain it. This is going off the rails. Brad. (laughs) <laughs> where can our listeners send their words of affirmation to you? You
0: can find me on all social medias at MouthDork. If you have words of affirmation for our logo, you can send them to Aaron Prescott at A Cool Hand Fluke on Twitter. If you have some words of affirmation for our radical banner art and show posters, send them to Karen Charm at Karen underscore X-Men fan. Lisa, where can our listeners
1: send their words of affirmation to you? I am always accepting where it's... I am always accepting words of affirmation. You can leave that in if you want. Okay. At Sidewalk Siren on Instagram, Twitter, and Hive. We should take that out of the copy. If you'd like to spend more quality time with us, you can subscribe to us on Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to get exclusive, Ooh. you can join our Patreon, where you'll get more content, including weekly bonus episodes. If you'd
0: like to reach out and touch us electronically, you can email the podcast, cbccpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website, comicbookcouplescounseling.com, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Hive social at <laughs> cbccpodcast. You
1: can give us the gift of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Faster Lisa. If you'd like, if you get if you hear a sense of urgency, it's because we're having te- technical difficulties. And um, and hopefully you didn't hear them in this episode. Um, because Brad is a great editor and I love you so much. We'll find out. And if you'd like to do an active service, why not write a review of the show while you're there? We are fluent and receptive in all five love languages. It really warms our hearts and helps the pod. So
0: until next time, friends, keep your love tank full.
1: And your psychic rapport open. Doopy doopy. What about our dishwasher?
0: That's just white noise.
1: Okay. You are now in session with the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. I'm Lisa Gullickson.
0: I'm Brad Gullickson. And
1: each month (laughs) we evaluate, what's so funny?
0: The white noise comment. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. It gave me the gigs. (laughs) Let's try it again. Let's try it again.